Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Confer Culture, brought to you by Timotheries, the podcast where we talk about the topics that many of us are passionate about. I'm your host, Chris Murphy, and this week we'll be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart, the NBC sitcom Community. For those of you who don't know, Community is a sitcom that ended that aired on NBC from 2009 to 2015. The cast included Joel McHale, Jillian Jacobs, Danny Pewdy, Allison Brie, Ken Jeong, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jim Rash, Donald Glover, and Chevy Chase. Um, as the show went forward, they had some people leave the show, and we'll get into that uh, later on in the podcast. But uh, in season five, they had Jonathan Banks. Um, better uh, known for, as Mike Ermentrout from uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, and he left in season five to go b- do Better Call Saul. And in season six, they had Paget Brewster and Keith David. Uh, season six, uh, I'm not sure how many people have seen it, but it was on a streaming service called Yahoo Screen, uh, which only lasted a year. Their big get was Community, of course, that had been canceled after season five by NBC. Uh, in addition to that, they also had John Oliver as a recurring character in the first two seasons, I believe. And then later on in season five, he came back, uh, for a few times. Um, of course he ended up getting his own show on HBO after that time. So <clears throat> one of the reasons that I really like this show is that Dan Harmon has a certain style that he writes with and you can see this in of course Rick and Morty a very popular show uh airing currently that is currently in a hiatus it um aired its first half of season in 2019 and it will be airing the second half in 2020 of course season four um you can see the early influence that community played on Rick and Morty uh even with Justin Roiland uh guest um voicing a character at the end of season six, uh, the la- very last episode, actually, uh, which is interesting that um, they were doing pitch episodes for their pitching season seven, essentially, like what kind of crazy things that they could get up to. Uh, that that episode in particular is very meta. The show in of itself was also very meta. Um, and by meta, I mean like it, it, it broke the fourth wall a lot. Not not necessarily looking into the ca- uh, into the camera, but it talked to the audience uh, a lot. If this was a sitcom, this would be this is what we do. For example, uh, the bottle episode, as they called it, um, where Annie loses her pen, and they spend the whole episode looking for it. In fact, uh, and not trusting each other, and uh, they ev- eventually strip naked, and we learn at the end that um, the monkey who had escaped earlier, that Troy and Abed had been. Um, singing to, I think, um, no, that was the mouse. Anyway, uh, my, my mistake. Um, uh, Troy had a monkey, called it Annie's boobs, <laughs> um, that had escaped and was hoarding pens in the, uh, in the, uh, ventilation, sh- uh, the, the ventilation pipes. Um, that, that episode in of itself is very, you know, uh, I think we're, I, you know, I think we're running out of ideas. We're doing a bottle episode. I don't think we, Abed the whole time, he was sort of the, played by Danny Pewdie, of course. He was the, 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 our window into the show. 
he would say this if people were watching this this is what they would expect and jeff of course would continually say we're we're not a sitcom this is not a tv show so of course that's how we that's that's how they tried to ground it a little bit in reality and uh through abed they ended up doing a lot of fantastical episodes like for example the christmas episode where they all they did a they were all claymation but they um they did that through a therapy session where Abed, um, um, he basically, it's a whole, it's a whole way for him to deal with his mom not coming for Christmas because she basically had a new family because his parents were separated. It's, it's, the show is interesting insofar as it started as a, as a run of the mill sitcom. In fact, in the first few episodes, um, you don't really expect a whole lot from it. A lot from it. It starts very standard. It's um, Jeffrey Winger, the character played by Joel McHale. He essentially lied his way into becoming a lawyer. He pretended he had a college degree, and when he got found out, he needed to go to a community college, so or a, a college of any type, I suppose, to get a degree so that he could go back and work as a law firm. So he picked the community college that he thought would be the easiest to get uh, passing grades at. And so he settled at the school that is in the show called Greendale. And he meets Jillian Jacobs' character, um, Britta, uh, in the first couple episodes. And, And at the beginning, it's basically him trying to sleep with her. Um, so again, so it just starts as a run of the mill, um, sitcom, but as we get to know some of the characters like Annie and, um, and Troy and Abed and, and, um, Pierce and, um, pardon me, um, you know, all the characters and, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown's characters, um. Shirley as well. I I always struggle with her name because she was always my least favorite character, but um, that's a different conversation, I think. Um, <clears throat> so as we get to know all the characters, we and we find out more about them, we connect. Uh, at least I think we we connect with them in a uh, really realistic way. Um, Dan Herman is a real talent of making people who aren't they're not the greatest people but they make it so that you uh, you cheer for them you like them you want to see them come out on top they are very much not I won't say they're bad people they're just flawed like anybody else and the show does a really excellent job of dealing with their flaws in a, in a real way, which is again, part of the charm of the show. Um, and there, there are so many, what's the nice thing about the show as well is that there are so many notable characters that well, they don't, they aren't fully fleshed out. You know them as soon as you see them or hear them because they do episodes focused around not just the core group, but the, the, the other cast of characters around them. Um, for example, there's, there was Todd that they introduced early in the show and he was 
basically he was the creepy looking guy who you thought was a serial killer, his ex-military, and but he was super nice. Um, there was Vicky, um, again, like not really an, an in-depth character, but somebody who, you know, would be tangentially involved in the plot. There was Neil who they did, they was an episode around, uh, how they, it was one of the really great episodes of the show where they did a Dungeons and Dragons, uh, episode because that was his favorite game to play. And, um, because he was had been referred to as Fat Neil, unfortunately, by, well, Jeffrey Winger, Joel McHale's character, uh, in earlier in that episode, and he had just essentially gotten sick of getting teased, and there was a very much um, an insinuation he was thinking, considering suicide. So they wanted to make him have self, self-worth, so they... Uh, had a game of D&D, which of course Pierce, they, they wanted to leave Pierce out of, and of course he crashes later because he always felt um, not included by the group, which, I mean, on one hand you could see why they wouldn't include him in anything, but on the other hand too, you could also see why you could also get the impression that maybe he wouldn't be uh, the way he was if he was included more, so... So things like that, like, as I said before, with looking at the flaws of characters and looking at, uh, you know, not everybody's good or bad. I mean, Pierce is a little crazy, but at the same time, he still deserves to be treated like a human being. And, you know, that I always found that to be, um, I don't say ahead of its time, but like very, um, very proactive, very forward thinking, I suppose. Uh, although it's an idea like that shouldn't be forward thinking, but if you look how the show went off the air in 2015, if you look at the, the way the world is today, I mean, um, certainly it's, it's, uh, you know, with a lot of, uh, different, with a lot of different rights movements, the, like lately, I mean, I'm not going to compare that show to, to, to that, but at the same time, you know, just that kind of thinking was, I don't think a lot of sitcoms were doing it. Um, maybe Parks and Rec, because they got a Parks and Rec got a um a very strong f- uh, feminist message. Again, that's another podcast for another day, I think. At any rate, um, other than those characters, there was of course Starburns, which everybody, you know, he had sideburns shaped like stars, and um, to mix it up and try and be known for something else, he had a, he he got a. I won't say a top hat, but something very close to it in season two, just, and, and Abed acknowledges it and, uh, points it out as him changing up his look. So he doesn't become a one note character, <laughs> but he doesn't change anything after that. And, you know, they kind of kill him off partway through. Um, and then he comes back later, but <clears throat> if anybody's a fan of community, then they know who Starburns is. Um, there was Garrett who, would always say like um, a catastrophe or an emergency or like, you know, he'd be the one to, if something crazy was going to happen, like the riot at the end of season three, (laughs) he would be the one to be like, initiate. He'd be like riot or like emergency or like, uh," he'd be the one to point it out and um, he had a very nasally voice. So he, you would always hear it and he'd be the, yeah. So again, like people would know that character. 
Of course, there was there was also Leonard who. <laughs> Leonard was proof that old people can also be assholes. <laughs> um, he and he had a YouTube channel where he reviewed food that he pretty much already tried before, and he had a whole bunch of subscriber subscribers, and it was an ongoing joke in in the series, and um, him and Jeff always had um would always throw one-liners back and forth and even he wasn't an entirely bad person and then last but not least uh the normal characters was magnitude everybody know again it's one of those things uh if you have ever watched the show past a couple seasons you would know you would recognize the catchphrase pop pop and there was even an episode where he couldn't say it and then he was trying to come up with a new catchphrase and uh he spent several hours trying to do all these math equations on a board to come up with a new catchphrase and he couldn't do it and he was exhausted and that ended up being one of the breaking points for the dean jim rash who was excellent in his character um who uh again this is forward thinking because even in 2010 um i mean in 2010 like i mean at that point I feel like we've got gotten to that to the point where, you know, uh, being gay is far more accepted than it, than it had been, even in the late '90s or the 2000s. It's so. Even though, the, but, but I will. So. They had a character. I mean. So he could have just been a stereotypical one-note gay character. Um, that sitcoms often use. What was great about it is that they never actually ever address the sexuality. They let you fill in the blanks. There was one episode later in the seasons where they wanted him to be gay in order, the school board, I mean, wanted him to be gay in order to, <clears throat> in order to uh, get some good press for the school. So he basically, he pretended to be gay where he actually wasn't gay. Um, essentially is like gay doesn't even begin to cover it, which is, I always thought was again, like pretty forward thinking for a sitcom, like it's like 2009, 2010. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, and that's the type of thing the show would do. Like it wouldn't just write one note characters. All the characters had core like defining personalities but even then like they all started out basic and built from there like annie was obsessed with grades and troy was into sports and shirley was super religious uh which incidentally is why i didn't like her character the most she was a little bit too religious for my taste and a little bit too judgmental but even he even she had her moments um abed was obsessed with like, obviously, I relate to a lot to him because he's obsessed with pop culture and he has a difficult time engaging with people and conversing regularly in a conversation. And not that I have that kind of, at least not to that extent, but just identified with his love of pop culture and sometimes he just doesn't get people. And, you know, I definitely identify with that. Joel was uh, Joel McHale, Jeffrey Winger. He was just there for himself. He was selfish, and then Britta was 
an activist, but sort of a fake one. And she pretended to care about causes, but I I don't know. Like, um, she just did it to rebel, kind of. So, and then of, and Chevy Chase Pierce, his was that he was a senile old man. Like, the old man of the group who didn't get anything. But even then, every character would have their own moments and they would have episodes where not the whole group was involved but just focused on a couple of characters and they would learn lessons and they would grow but then the next episode not that they would revert completely back but um they would sort of go back to their core traits which that's what most people are like you know you will grow a bit but at your core you will um go back to a lot of the habits that you um, that def- most define your personality and they're hard to break. So even if they do get better as the show go on, it's 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 um, um, it's a slight progression as the seasons go by and the episodes go by that you can it's how a regular person would person would grow. They still have those negative traits, but they're trying to grow past them. And they are growing past them, but it's just you know, change doesn't happen overnight. And <clears throat> this is something that Dan Herman's really known for is his stories. He's very strict about how he writes his, any of his stories, his episode community and Rick and Morty is exactly the same. And it's, uh, you know, modeled after the hero's journey where you could almost draw it as a circle and divide it into four pieces, four equal pieces where the beginning is the character or characters start in a particular situation. Um, They start at the beginning, you know, their regular everyday life. Um, Then a situation happens and um, that um, perhaps divides the group or um, the person makes a bad choice or um, a, a big event take, takes place, something like that. And then the, there are consequences to that action, con- that, that, uh, event, that decision, um, or something like that, which is the third part. And then the fourth part is, um, character learns a lesson, either they make amends or, um, they learn something from the consequences or something like that. So they grow as a character and he's very strict about that. And, um, getting into, uh, the quality of season four conversation. So again, for those who don't, who don't know, um, he was there. Dan Harmon created, wrote community, um, obviously with team writers, but he was the creative force behind it. Um, after season, something happened in season three between him and Chevy Chase, and I don't exactly have all the details, but um, there was some sort of disagreement at an after party or something like that, and Chevy Chase re- refused to work with Dan Harmon anymore. NBC considered Chevy Chase to be a bigger star and fired Dan Harmon. So season four, uh, Dan Harmon had left the show. Now you can... Season four was still funny. It had some good episodes, but it wasn't up to the standard of the previous three seasons. 
And the, I think the biggest reason for that uh, is that it didn't have Harmon there to be strict about his hero's journey. Um, um, his creative process, his, yeah, the template, template, his hero's journey template. And you can definitely see that in specifically the puppet episode where they get trapped in there. Essentially, they want to figure out what happened and everybody was on edge. And so they did therapy with puppets because <laughs> coincidentally, the Dean had puppets of everybody specific. Even, of course, like Jeff is the most detailed because the running gag throughout the series is that he has a very big crush on Jeff. So <clears throat> they... If Dan Harmon had been writing this episode, you would have seen a very strict structure to the... To, to his template. By the time you get to the end of the episode, you don't feel like there's character growth. Um, it sort of moves in and out. Like the consequences happen at a different p part. And 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 it's, it's really tough to explain if you haven't seen it. Um, and to drill down into it, I feel would sufficiently would take longer than I have on this podcast but suffice it to say you can see a lot or you can see why I should say that episode just didn't work and that season as a whole doesn't work now at the end of season four throughout the whole season there was a huge fan petition to bring back Dan Harmon because the general public I don't think was aware of what really happened so, uh, the ratings at the end of season four were down. I'm not sure why NBC just didn't cancel it. Possibly, I think, because they were trying to develop at the time a must-see TV lineup like they used to have in the 90s with Friends and Seinfeld and, and Frasier and trying to sort of duplicate that success, I think. And they wanted to keep the show around for its time slot on Thursday. And maybe that's just conjecture on my part, but I think that might have have had something to do with it. At any rate, they caved to the fan petition and they brought back Dan Harmon. Now, Chevy Chase, again, steadfastly refused to work with him and he quit the show. So that really, the end of season three is when the turmoil began. And of course you can tell in season four, you missed his, the presence of Dan Harmon. And then in season five, they kill off Chevy Chase. So, I believe it was at the end of four, they kill him off, and they do sort of that whole storyline, because again, they knew Harmon was coming back, and Chevy Chase would not work with him. At the beginning of season five, in fact, they have a, a hologram of him, perhaps? Yeah, I believe so, a hologram, and I get confused because... Even though I recently rewatched it, that whole, I sort of like wanted to get through season four so I could get back to Harmon's writing. Cause again, you miss it. Right. And they did a lot of weird things in season four as well, like pair up Britta and, and, uh, Troy, which was odd. And the age difference was, it was really strange. They had, um, one of the running themes throughout the show was, was Jeff and Annie's relationship as well. They kissed at the end of season one, and it was sort of a cliffhanger. 
And they revisited that time and again, but essentially what they settled on was that the age gap was too much. Joel, um, Jeff, sorry, Jeffrey Winger's, his character's age was around, um, when they started the show, he was in his mid thirties and Annie was 18 and they decided that that was too big of an age gap. Even when they got to the end of the series and she was in her twenties and he was in his forties, but yet uh, Britta is a, close to um, Jeffrey's age yet. Um, and Troy and Annie were the same age yet. That was okay. So it was really weird. I It sort of a- added an interesting dynamic to the show that Abed had to get used to it, I suppose. But yeah, it was odd. It was an odd pairing. And they realized they had made a mistake and they undid it before the end of the season. And that might add something to do with Harmon coming back as well. So, anyway. Um, beginning of season five. Chevy Chase leaves the show. Dan Harmon comes back. You think you it's through the, you think you've gotten through all the turmoil. And then, towards the end of the season, uh, Donald Glover leaves. Um, to pursue his music and um, acting career outside of community. Which has really paid off for him. I mean, he was in Solo. He was in... Uh, Spider-Man, Homecoming, he's got a, his own TV show, Atlanta, his music career, I I think is, it's safe to say it's taken off at this point. He's, and he's been described as very talented by the cast and crew. Um, so what was a good decision for him? Again, really that was the point at which a lot of people think that the show was never the same after that because and I have a hard time fundamentally disagreeing with them because Pierce was again like he was more than the the one note character that an old guy in a sitcom would be and he would drop um Nuggets of wisdom all over, like, all over the place. He, (laughs) that sounds bad, I suppose. But, uh, he would counsel Jeff a lot. He would, um, he would teach the characters a lot because he had wisdom and he, essentially, his life had not turned out the way he wanted and he wanted to try and save the people in the group from that. And, well, not an excuse for the way he acted. Um, it was something that the writers really tried to bring across. Like, again, one of those, he's a flawed individual, but he means well. So, while he added a lot of heart to the show, he wasn't a central piece to it. Like, they can do... You can swap in another... Oh, I wouldn't say swap in another character, but... Jonathan Banks, in Season 5, essentially... I won't say replaced him. In fact, they do make a joke at the beginning of the season, so you're the new Pierce now. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was his own character. But they were more easy... It was more easy to swap him out for a different character and still retain the overall dynamic of the show. Whereas, they couldn't do that with Troy. because, uh, f- For one, him and Abed were so um, inextricably linked together. Uh, they were best friends, they had their own handshake, they 
were inseparable most of the time, even though at the beginning of the show they decided not to live together because, well, we wouldn't want too much of a good thing. <clears throat> but he, um, yeah, they were joined at the hip, essentially, and they were so, they played off each other so well. They had Troy and Abed in the morning. They had running gags. The running gags on at, at the end of every episode were almost always them. Doing things like trying to put on too many shirts or uh, decorating Troy like a Christmas tree or dressing up like one of the um, heroes from their B-movie science fiction uh, film kick puncher that was made up for the, for the show. <laughs> Uh, which, uh, as an aside, Derek Mears played, and uh, Derek Mears played, uh, Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. So, fun fact, fun fact there. Um, yeah, they, and after Troy left, Abed was never the same. They did use it as an opportunity to grow Abed's character, so they get to the point where he ends up leaving in season six, and it seems like a justified direction which that couldn't have been easy but I think they pulled it off quite well but yeah I mean when he left a giant a huge heart of the show left with it and I can see why people would think that that was the end in fact there's this YouTube channel that I subscribe to or subscribe to yeah that it's called entertain the elk and they do videos where they talk about the death of whatever show or film, like the death, the day the Simpsons died or the day the office died or the day alien died or whatever. So they did an episode called the day community died. And they talked about different parts, like when Troy left the show or when Harwin got kicked off season four, those would be points that you could make a case for that when it died, but their overall point, And I have to say that I agree is that the show actually never died. Um, Despite all the turmoil and the turnover, they still managed to crank out poignant and funny episodes that were engaging, and right up until the end, um, it was still, again, in my opinion, it's still an amazing sitcom. In fact, I would go... I would go as far as to say it's my favorite and, in my opinion, one of the best sitcoms ever made. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it doesn't ever feel like it gets old and stale. People, the thing these days is nostalgia for old sitcoms like Friends or The Office, too. Uh, the Office is the big one because I've heard they're doing, a, um, there's been talking about doing an Office reunion show for years. <clears throat> And my thing about The Office is everything after Steve Carell left was awful. And the first season wasn't good because they tried to replicate something that had already come before. And they tried to do exactly the same thing when they should have been their own thing from the beginning. And yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of good in The Office, but there's also that those last couple seasons were great. And that last season in The Office was absolutely terrible. They didn't, it's like they didn't get their characters anymore and they just wrote them horribly. And yeah, uh, friends, they have a, they have a really good couple of peak seasons where it's funny, but it gets old fast because 
a lot of the characters are one lo- note. Like, Phoebe and Joy are dumb. Rachel's a control freak. Or not Rachel. Uh, Monica's a control freak, I should say. Rachel doesn't have her life together. Uh, Ross is a nerd. Chandler's Chandler, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just... It's very one note and it gets stale. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of... Um, realistic growth. Even though they do pair off some of the characters later and... The whole Ross-Rachel thing, they milk to death. And yeah, I think it's community's way better than Friends. Um, Seinfeld, you can make the argument that Seinfeld's better. Um, it's certainly more culturally relevant. And more people definitely know the intricacies of Seinfeld. And, you know, it's, you know, 20, 30 years later, it's still, um, it's, I won't say relevant, but people still quote it. And, I mean, the last episode of that series, sure, it's not great, but it's really tough to stick the landing. Um, I feel like Community did, but, I mean, I'd be definitely open to having a debate, which is better. And I could see why people think Seinfeld is better for sure. I like Community a little better, and only because that's... I think it's probably because I actually identify with the characters. Nobody on Seinfeld where, oh, I see myself in, in them. Whereas Community, like Abed all the way. Like he is he is the audience lens into that group. So that's why I think it connects a little bit more. Um, and Parks and Rec is also one of my favorites. But again, the first season of that, they tried to duplicate The Office. They tried to be another office because the office was such a hit. And uh, again, NBC was looking for that Thursday lineup and they wanted another show like that. So, but once it got its footing, it was a really great show and it had a lot of interesting things to say. And the interpersonal relationships were also excellent. So it's, to me, it's, that's also an excellent one and it's really close. But again, like the relation to characters and community to me was better. So, in terms of, yeah, in terms of overall quality, it's just, I I think Community, start to finish, was probably, like, it's, it's definitely my favorite. And, I mean, it's, it's the, little, the little show that could, because you could see every, every season, uh, they, at the end, they felt like they would get cancelled. And they almost sort of did a series finale every season. <laughs> and you can see. Um, yeah, we're going to tie things up. We're going to tie, tie things up like year after year after year because we never know if we're coming back. And it almost lends um, an interesting dynamic to the show because every, with the exception of season one, because that was actually a cliffhanger. But the rest of them was... You, if you never got any more episodes after season two, three, four, or whichever, you could almost say, yep, this closes the book. Like, you could not do any more. And so that was interesting, too. They never had 800 plot threads dangling all the time. They sewed up everything. It's almost like they had a creative vision of what they wanted to do each season. And by the end, they had satisfied their creative vision, which I think... Dan Harmon has taken over and ported over to Rick and Morty. 
and it works really well for them there too. Again, you can make a case that one of the, I think one of the seasons where Rick gets captured and he's in the prison, but again, like that could have been a final episode. He ends up in prison. There you go. But I think the intention was that was supposed to be a cliffhanger and you want to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, communities developed a cult following over the years. I just recently myself rewatched it. Um, it's very digestible because the episodes are 22 to 24 minutes. And so it's easy to get through a whole bunch in a short period of time. And it's very funny. And I forgot how much of it I actually remembered, even though the show hasn't been on the air since 2015. I started some episodes and I'm like, oh yeah, the paintball episode. It's like, oh yeah, the darkest timeline episode. Oh yeah, the pillow fort episode. It's like, oh yeah, like uh, the one where uh, Evil Abed comes over. It's like, um, oh yeah, the Halloween episode. It's like, oh yeah, like uh, the episode where they make fun of Glee, which I love because I think that show is super overrated, but when it was on, but yeah, they totally make fun of Glee and during a Christmas episode and like the claymation Christmas episode was excellent. And they went out of their way to, to not be, even though Britta was an atheist and, um, surely was a, a Christian and, um, I can't remember which denomination, uh, Tro was Jehovah's witness and Annie was Jewish and Abed was Muslim. They went out of their way to say that it didn't really matter which religion and what your beliefs were. Like, you could still get along, which is <laughs> feels very um, poignant in this point in our history <laughs> where everything's become divisive. But, um, yeah, as I was going through just the number of, like, the pottery episode, <laughs> the whole thing about, like, if anybody mimics the scene from Ghost, you're out of my class. <laughs> um pop cultural references everywhere uh oh the foosball episode great um the vr episode jesus wept <laughs> stop saying jesus wept um uh, yeah even the uh editions of paget brewster and keith david in season six like i didn't realize how funny paget brewster is she's done criminal minds for so long and she played such a serious character in that tv show um, I didn't expect her to be that funny and she was super funny. Um, she played straight, she played, of course, played sort of straight man character to the rest of the cast, but she just fit right in, I found. And that's a testament to the writing and testament to the show. Um, but even if you look at the, um, at the notable guest stars they had throughout the years, Malcolm Jamal Warner from, um, Theo from the Cosby show or Rob Corddry done so many comedies. Uh, Todd, Todd time machine, oddly enough, with Chevy Chase in it, Michael Kenneth Williams from the wire and uh, boardwalk empire, Brie Larson, captain Marvel, of course, uh, Betty white, uh, Anthony, Michael Hall from uh, the breakfast club back in the day, Jean Carlo, Jean Carlo Esposito from breaking bad, Malcolm McDowell, from a whole bunch of things, Star Trek Generations, but just he's had a long and, and varied film career. Patton Oswalt, who played a um, uh, sort of a, a riff on Nurse Jackie. Um, 
Kamel Nanjiani, and I so I'm sorry if I butchered that name. I'm I'm bad with pronunciation pronunciation sometimes. Um, of course, he's gone on to have a, a pretty interesting career. You know, wrote and starred in The Big Sick and Nathan Fillion. What won't Nathan Fillion do if he really likes it, right? And of course, he ended up being on Rick and Morty as well. Um, Jack Black. I and it's funny the the episode where Jack Black is in where he's trying to get into the group. And he ends up singing. He's basically, he's basically him like dialed up to a hundred, right? Um, singing everything, acting all crazy. Um, Drew Carey was in it. He was the boss in Jeff's old law firm. Uh, David Cross again. He's been in a, like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and uh, um, Bob and David, and like just a really accomplished comedian as well. Walton Goggins, like, Justified, and The Shield, and, you know, again, I didn't know how funny he was. Steve Gutenberg, which was a weird bit of casting, but, and he was only ever in one episode, but he was there. Michael Ironside, again, like, pretty accomplished actor. LeVar Burton, of course, like, in, like very famously played himself on three separate occasions because Troy was such a huge fan and couldn't talk to him. And John Goodman. John Goodman had a reoccurring character where he was trying to get Troy to uh, enroll in the air conditioning school. And they had like, so he was basically like a shadowy figure um, who controlled the dean's money behind the scenes. And that and ultimately led to Chang, played by Ken Jeong, taking over uh, the school and, and uh, imprisoning the dean and having a a Moby impersonator come in and play the Dean for a few, for like a couple months and trying to convince the, the study group that they were all crazy. And yeah, (laughs) which, you know, only worked for about five minutes before they realized how ridiculous it was. So many great episodes. Um, and again, like you instantly recognize it. At least I did when I was watching them and I, I'm like, I can't believe how fresh a lot of this stuff is in my mind, even <clears throat> even though I only, the last time I watched it was when season six aired on Yahoo screen in 2015. Um, speaking of which, season six, um, the running gag, there was a show called The Cape that only lasted, it was a superhero show on NBC that uh, around 2010, I think it was, 2011 maybe, not sure, but uh, Abed was a fan of it, and it only lasted half a season. And he was obsessed with it, and he was like, no, uh, the cape's going to last six seasons, six seasons in the movie. So that became a running gag where they wanted... <laughs> um, I, in fact, after Dan Harmon left in season three, uh, he, there was a hashtag, six seasons in a movie. Um, cause he thought, again, like he thought community was done at that point, but they just let him go. Uh, so that became a running gag throughout the show, six seasons of the movie, six seasons of the movie. So they did get their six seasons. Now, oddly enough, there was a 10 year reunion, uh, at the end of 2019 where the cast was there, uh, minus Chevy Chase, of course. And, um, Donald Glover, cause he's off again, he's off doing his own thing. I'm not sure if he'd ever come back, but. The cast, um, the cast said that if Dan Herman writes it, they'll come do a movie. And even a few of them have suggested uh, doing something for Netflix because 
Jillian Jacobs, Joel McHale, and um, uh, Allison Brie have all done Netflix shows. So, you know, the connection is there, right? So, yeah, after all this time, after uh, f- four years of time, but five years now, even the cast has said, we'll come back and do a movie. I'm not sure if Dan Harmon would ever write it because maybe at this point he's moved on from the show and his schedule's fairly busy with Rick and Morty, but um, I'm, I'd, I'd really like to see it. it even if we just got that that um running gag to be fulfilled <laughs> even if we just got the fulfilled um i'd be so th- i'd be there for a movie in a millisecond um i think it's again it's so creative and so funny and so well thought out even if it's the humor can be crass sometimes like the monkey named annie's boobs and there was the this individual on one of the episodes later in the series, I think it was season five, and it was called the Ass Crack Bandit, and he would put change, like cold change in 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 the crack of people's pants, and like that's crude, and it shouldn't, and so is Rick and Morty for that point, for that matter. They're both crude shows, but they have a lot more to say outside the crudeness. It's just sort of a it's almost like kind of a gateway to get you to the more of the subtle humor and the subtle messages contained within it. And I think that's, uh, I'm not going to go as far as say it's absolutely brilliant, but it's, it's certainly, it's very creative and it's very intelligent. And, and if you haven't given community a chance, give it a chance. It, I think you'll be rewarded and it's not, you're not looking at hour an hour per episode it's 22 24 minutes very digestible like i said the characters are so well written and easy to relate to and um easy to root for even though again um they bring up how toxic the group is and how codependent they are several times and how uh, maybe they shouldn't spend so much time together, but they still do every, like, all the time. And how they're, as people, they're a work in progress, and the group is a work in progress, and that's how people in real life are. That's how I am. That's how a lot of the people I know are. They're just flawed human beings who are trying to be better. And that, I think, is the overall sort of message of the show. And... It conveyed that in a very um, interesting and funny and and poignant way. So, yeah, th- those are my thoughts on, on on community. And I again, I hope if you haven't given it a shot, you will. And if you have, and you're thinking about going to revisit it, go do it because I think it's sort of fallen through the cracks in a lot of ways for. It's not as popular as a lot of the other shows, and with the resurgence of The Office and Friends, I, you know, it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, except the, for the people who are really into it. And, again, it's gotten a cult following over the years, but I think it's underappreciated. I really do. So, uh, check it out. Uh, rewatch it. Uh, hopefully we can get that movie. And, <laughs> because I think it really deserves one. So with all that said... Thanks for joining us this week. Please like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. 
I'm your host, Chris Murphy, and this has been Confer Culture. Thank you.